Hello, and welcome to the All Saints Podcast. I'm Hugh Cole. Thank you again for listening. This week, we'll bring you the sermon from the 10 a.m. service at All Saints Church, Chevy Chase. Now, Father Ed Kelleher with a sermon for Sunday, July 18th, 2021. To the glory of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. In our gospel today, we have an invitation an invitation from Jesus to come and to rest in a quiet place to go off with him. Elsewhere in the Gospels, he says, Come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. I will give you rest. I will give you peace. Well, I'm taking the Lord at his word today. He made those promises, and I'm going to take them. And in order to do that, maybe I need to do a little object lesson, a little visual, not a stunt, but a visual for you. Now, fellas, you help me out on this one. Zach, you help me out too. God says he wants us to rest. This is a summer sermon. You're supposed to rest, leisure, recreation. I'm going to rest. I'm going to take this chair and have it brought up here for me. Thank you. I want to preach this sermon sitting down with my feet up so I can uh, do this in a way that honors the Lord's promise to me. I'm going to take this robe off. I promise you I'll leave my shirt on. (laughs) There is a limitation to my madness, and we'll get that done. And Zach, if you could just stick this in the sacristy somewhere, I'll catch up with it later. And there we are. And the reason I'm doing this is that this is one of the most important lessons you're ever going to have in your life. Because without this, you will know no peace. There is no peace. There's no peace without God, no peace. I'm going to take my shoes off. Hang on. Let's let's go crazy here. Let's get it done. You okay with this? You take your shoes off. Everybody take your shoes off. You can do the same thing. The smell is not there. The man in the second pew is complaining of the odor. So we'll have to deal with that later on. Wear my mask. Yeah, put your mask on. You won't smell my feet. (laughs) Jesus invites us into his rest. Now, this is something we have to get right because the world has taught us about rest in a way that it doesn't make sense. Rest that doesn't really help us. Rest that's not really fulfilling. This scripture we have here today gives it to us more perfectly. But when he talks to us about this invitation, we have to decide, what's our RSVP going to be? How are you going to respond to this invitation to his rest? You say, well, I know how to rest. No, you don't. I can get rested without God. No, you cannot. So how can you say that? I could go on a vacation. I could lay out by a pool. I could lay on a beach. I could take six months off. I have accumulated time at work. I can rest. You cannot rest in the Lord. Oh, you can rest as the world gives rest. You can rest as physicality may go or mental acuity may go but you cannot do what we call resting in the Lord it's a whole different spatial idea of what resting is it overarches all other rest overarches everything the world has three words that kind of conflates puts three words together for the same thing they say we have rest we have leisure we have recreation right and for rest we think well I'm just going to lay down and take it easy and take a nap I get it When they say leisure, they sometimes mean the same thing, but it's not the same thing. Leisure is doing what you want to do. Leisure could be going to a mall. That's not restful for me. I hate going to the mall. Uh, Leisure could be taking your boat out. Well, in order to take your boat out leisurely, you've got to get it on a trailer and take it to the water or go down the marina and start it up and put the gas in it and pay the bills and get it cleaned and get the life jackets and everything else. That's leisure. That's not rest. Recreation? I'll give you an idea of recreation. Somebody said to me once when I was back practicing law, you need to go on a cruise. It'll relax you. 
Well, the work I had to do to get ready to leave for the cruise was ridiculous. Then I had to go down to Florida and get down there and breakneck speed, show up at the port, wait online. It's 95 degrees. I'm tugging my luggage. I get up on the boat. I go to my cabin. They put me in my cabin. I finally collapse and say, this is it. When the announcement comes up, the loudspeaker, lifeboat drill. So now we got lifeboat drills to go to. So my recreation takes me out to the lifeboat drill. They stick this life jacket on me and it's this big thing that covers my stomach and it has this little flap on it. It looks like a, a cracker on top of a cheese ball. And there I am sitting there like that waiting for lifeboat drill. That's not rest. None of that is rest. Rest comes when we come to the Lord. Rest is found in Jesus alone. Rest is not a vacation. It's not a big bank account. It's not some time off. It's not laying down on the lounge chair, not having a barbecue. Rest is found in a person. Rest is a person. When Stuart read from the scriptures a few minutes ago that uh, Jesus is our peace, Jesus is also our rest. He can help us to rest the way the world cannot. And why is this? What's the difference about God's rest than our rest? How do we go about that? What's the big deal? What's the hook? What's the catch? Because rest to me seems like rest. Here's the point. We have bodies and we could rest them by lying down. We have minds, we could rest them by going to sleep or just turning off work, shutting off the media, just rest our minds. But tell me how you're gonna rest your soul. What do you know about your soul? As far as nourishment's concerned, right? We have body, mind, and spirit. We know we have to nourish our bodies. If you don't have good food, you're gonna be ill. If you have no food, you're going to die. If you have too much food, you're going to die. We know that nourishment for the body is vital. We also have minds, our minds need to be fed. We need intellectual curiosity, intellectual activity, information that we receive. We need to know the word of God. Our minds need to be fed. But how do you feed your soul? How do I take rest from my soul? You don't know how to handle the soul. I don't know how. I'm a priest. I've been a priest for 20-something you know, years. I don't know how to rest my soul. That's the work of the great physician Jesus. He knows how to do it. And when I go to him, he gives me rest. And I find out that the rest of the Lord is different than the rest of the world. And the rest of the Lord is something I can't do on my own. And it comes from him in this sense of peace. And the rest comes because he says to me, I love you. Take it easy. I'm not measuring you on your performance. I forgive you all your sins. Nothing can harm you because you have life everlasting in me. And if the whole world runs out on you, I'm going to come running in. And suddenly we realize this incalculable gift we've been given by the Lord God, that we are people more than any others of the world blessed because of what he has given us, this peace of mind that passes all understanding that we speak about. The scriptures today say, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest. Well, who was he talking to, Jesus? His apostles. The apostles were weary. They were running themselves ragged, spreading the good news and helping Jesus. And now they had this huge throng with them. There was a feeding of the 5,000. All these things are going on. They were worn out. And he says, come, it's an invitation. Come to a quiet place and we'll take some rest. In Matthew's gospel, he says in the 11th chapter, we all know this one from the comfortable words of right one, right? It says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. So listen to that. That kind of gives us the clue, doesn't it? If you want the rest of the Lord, first you have to come to him. Come to me. If you don't come, you're going to get the rest of the world and be haggard and running around like the way we do, like chickens with our heads cut off. Right? Come to me. That's the first part. And the second part is, I will give you rest. 
You don't come to me and you, you could get it, you can attain it, you can work for it, you can learn about it. You can't have it unless Jesus gives it to you. It's clear throughout the scriptures, God gives us the peace of mind that passes all understanding. It's nothing attainable in this earthly life. We need rest. I, I hear a, a baby in the distance, and I think it's the Eshelman's grandchild. Am I right, Eshelman's? Is that the other one you? Can you get that kid quiet so I can preach, please? I, want, I need to rest. Now, I tease you about it, because a baby makes me think of something. There's this old story that says, uh, God created the earth, you know how God created the earth in Genesis in seven days, and then God rested. And then Adam and Eve had a baby, and nobody ever rested again. <laughs> and, and that's how it is. We run our lives with our kids in the world, and it's proper. See, work isn't bad. The Bible calls us to work. In fact, God had work for Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall, before they even stepped away and sinned against God. Work was intended. We're told there's work in heaven. All sorts of things are going to go on there. You might be called to sing in the heavenly choir. These people behind me here, this wonderful choristers, they might sing in a choir. A guy like me, I'll be working on the heavenly banquets. I'll be in the kitchen cooking with Chef Glenn and serving food or whatever it is. There'll be work that work is good in the Lord. But when we start using work to affirm ourselves, to get ourselves approved, to prove our worth, we, we mess up. What we forget is that work has value, but our work is not our value. Our value is not measured by our work. My value is measured because I'm a child of God. I am precious in His sight. I'm made in the image of God. He adores me. He loves me and He loves you. And that is our value. And when we start believing the lies of the world, the lies of the world come in and say to us, you're not worth anything. In fact, you're worthless because you failed. You didn't accomplish it. You didn't make enough money. You didn't get that diploma. Or if you got it, you didn't do enough with it or whatever it is. Those are the lies of the evil one, the lies of the world. And they prevent our peace of mind and prevent our rest. We can't have it. It says to us um, in there that the lies are based upon our value and what we do. And we can't have it unless we perform. Uh, somebody wrote a book years ago and called it the tyranny of the urgent. You've heard that phrase before, the tyranny of the urgent. It's urgent. you got to do it. you got to do it. And so you're running breathlessly. <sighs> One thing after another until you realize this, this life is almost horrible. Um, I have a country song I like. It's back from the 80s or 90s by the group Alabama. And what they said is, this is the lyrics of the song. I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I've really got to do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and I don't know why. And that's the truth. We, we don't have to rush like that. The, the, like the lyricist says, I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. God made life to be filled with joy, not only fun, but joyful. And if you don't have your joy, you need to figure out what did I trade my joy for? You gave it up for something. Bigger paycheck? More accomplishments? The lies of the world? You to get your household perfect, to take that vacation, to buy that second home. People think second homes are restful. I got news for you. Yeah, there you go, laugh loud. Second homes are slave masters. They own you. They scream out, fix my roof, paint my walls, pay my taxes, pay my insurance, replace my furniture. You want to have joy and comfort and peace and rest? Don't buy a second home. That's not going to get it for you. But coming to Jesus, you'll find out it's not the home, it's the person. Rest is found in the person, and the person is the Lord Jesus Christ. Coming to him is essential. Think of it as, I've often given you this example, but I'm going to take a spin on it. 
a little variant on it. The hub of a wheel, right? The hub is at the center of, say, a, a bicycle wheel. And all the spokes of the bicycle wheel come out to the tire and the thing moves. And there's, that's like your life. If Jesus is your hub, you have a spoke for your marriage, for your children, for your job, for your friendships, for your church. Whatever it is, the spokes come out of that hub and you find your life coming out of the hub of Jesus. It's also true with rest. It's also true with the frantic nature of the world. If you are centered in God and at the center of God, what happens? As the wheel spins and the people on the edge of that wheel go faster and faster and faster, you're hardly moving at all in the middle. The middle goes very slowly. It's the outside that's got to go fast to keep up. It's a little simple illustration of how being at the center is so important. Peace is found in him alone as your center. St. Augustine uh, lived back around the fourth century, and he was a guy who was in utter debauchery for like three decades of his life and more. His dear mother Monica prayed for him for all those decades that he would find God, and he did and became one of the great saints and theologians of church history, a great hero of the church. And his great epic work was Confessions. Augustine wrote the book Confessions. And his opening paragraph of Confessions reads like this. Let me read it for you. It's about rest. I'll give you a little you know, headline there. It's about rest. He says, Lord God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you alone. Our hearts are restless until we find rest in you alone. There is no other place for you to find true rest. So I could do this. You can't do it. You can't play golf. You've got to go to him. Only he can heal your soul. Only he can forgive your sins. Only he can help you get over the tough bankruptcy you had, the bad medical opinion you got, the bad news about your marriage, whatever it may be. And if you start resorting to the rest of the world and to the leisure of the world and the recreation of the world, then you get twisted up. Gordon MacDonald is a seminary professor, or was, I'm not sure if he's still there, at the Denver Seminary in Denver, Colorado, wrote a book and wrote a beautiful passage about rest and leisure and all. Let me read it for you, what MacDonald wrote. It's, it's just beautiful. He says, We have not understood that rest is a necessity for those who want to have growth and maturity. You can't have spiritual growth, you can't have spiritual maturity, or even in life too, unless you rest all the time and get yourself strong. We have perverted the meaning of rest. We substitute for rest things called leisure or amusement or recreation. Leisure and amusement and recreation may be enjoyable, but they are to the world of an individual like cotton candy is to your digestive system. The world and the church need genuinely rested Christians. Christians regularly refreshed by a true Sabbath rest and not just leisurely activities. When godly rest is achieved, you will see how tough and resilient Christians can actually be. And Jesus knew this and modeled it for us. We need to do those things to find it that way. The scriptures teach us what I said to you earlier. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. He has to give it to us. Psalm 62 says, my soul finds rest in God alone. Now King David wrote Psalm 62. King David, who was harried and chased by his enemies, who had trouble in his own kingdom, had trouble with his children, one of his sons wanted to assassinate him. He had all sorts of difficulties. He had a man killed so he could commit adultery with his wife. David did a lot of stuff that caused him peace of mind loss. He did a lot of stuff that brought him unrest. And here he is in his wisdom later on saying to us, very plainly and simply, my soul finds rest in God alone. No other ability but from God and all these things that come from it. So we have this. 
And we have this in a way where we know the promises. I've said to you before, your first duty is to know the promises of God in the Bible for you. What did God promise? So that's an intellectual ascent. I know what God promised me. Now the second part is a desire setting, a setting of the soul, a setting of the heart, a setting of the will. I know the promises, but what's keeping me from them? Because I don't feel the fulfillment of all those promises in my life. I don't have the peace of mind that passes understanding. In fact, sometimes I'm deeply troubled. Knowing the promises and actually receiving them is important. And knowing what the difference is is important, like we're saying here. And what happens is this. We learn that the promises are kept from us because we're not buying into them. We're not trusting God fully. We say, I'm here. I arrived at church. What more do you want? I put five bucks in the plate. I'm coming up for Holy Communion. I said the confession. I'm buying in. Well, hang on a minute. That's just a lot of busyness. Have you given him your heart and your soul? And have you trusted him more than that? And here's what I mean. In the Philippines, there's a little proverb they tell. It's a proverb of a man who had an ox cart. And he's riding his ox cart down the road, heading into a village some miles away. And as he's riding on his ox cart, he spots an old man who he had pity on. A very old man in the heat of the day, carrying a huge load on his shoulders. He stops and says, fellow, can I help you? Come aboard my ox cart and let me give you some rest and you could come. And the old man was thrilled and said, yes, I'll come. Climbs up on the ox cart and the ox cart goes another couple of miles. When the driver thinks, I need to check on the old fellow, see how he's doing. So he turns around and looks and sees something to his amazement. There's the old fellow on the ox cart with the heavy burden still on his back and shoulders. He never put down his load. That's you. That's me. We say we buy into God's promises. We come to his church. We're taking the ride on his ox cart, so to speak, but we don't trust him enough to fully lay down our burdens and say, Lord, I'll trust you how my life turns out. We still feel a need to do, a need to achieve, a need to take care of ourselves, of self-determination, of independence, when independence is actually a very bad dynamic in the Christian faith. It is dependence that we seek to be totally and utterly dependent like a baby in a mother's arms in God. That's also a very good image, by the way, of baby in a mother's arms as it comes to me, of rest. A baby perfectly resting in a mother's arms as you and I could in God's arms. Say, but I'm uh, 75 years old. How am I going to rest in God's arms? I'm 60 years old. I'm 40 years old. You're still a child of God. You can still rest in his arms. You can still do that. So with all this spoken and having read to you all the scripture I have and all the readings I had for you, I offer you God's rest. It's an invitation that you can accept and do as you've never done before. This silly stunt of bringing a chair and all here is to kind of snap your mind, to get you out of your patterns, to say, boy, that was different. Well, maybe that's what it's going to take to get us to realize that if the truth be told, this is confessional, confessional on my part. I'm not saying this stuff to you because I got it right. I'm a genius. I'm brilliant. I'm saying it to you because I work hard at this too. It's my challenge as well. Almost every sermon I preach in this church is because the gospel of the day meets my human weakness right here. When I find one that is, I give it to you from my heart. So God bless you. It's summertime. Take a rest you've never taken before by resting in the arms of the Lord. You're riding in his ox cart, that's for sure. But now you've got to finally lay down your burden and enjoy the peace that comes sacramentally. The sacrament, the grace of rest. God bless you. I don't want to get up. <laughs>
To download future episodes automatically, you can subscribe and have the episodes delivered to you each week by going to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and clicking subscribe. And if you've liked the podcast so far, we would really appreciate it if you took a few minutes to give us a rating. As always, please be well, stay safe, and God bless.